0: Did you know that you should never use paints or coatings on brick, block, stone, or mortar? It's because it needs to breathe. Instead, you can stain it to any color that you'd like, and yes, even the mortar too. Staining is 100% maintenance-free and permanent, unlike coatings. So why don't more people know about it? We wondered the same thing. M&N Masonry Staining is a South Jersey contractor that has partnered with the oldest brick staining manufacturer in the United States and is certified to use their proprietary products and over 45 years of staining knowledge. M&N is scheduling residential and commercial building estimates now. For more information, call Nick at 856-217-1750 or follow M&N Masonry Staining on any social media platform. Today's guest is one of the most innovative, influential, and genuine professionals I've met in our industry. He is the CEO of EDA Contractors Incorporated, and they are a complete exterior envelope contractor for commercial, industrial, and tuitional buildings. Ed DeAngelis? Welcome to the show, man, um, thank you. That was a
1: probably way too kind intro especially those two i words i you know, I don't even know if I can spell them, but that is very nice of you. It's been been a while since i we've spoken, so I'm
0: excited to have a chat with you today yeah, me too ed and And you know, as we talked a little bit you know prior to the recording we were trying to pinpoint when we last saw each other, and I have it at two thousand seven two thousand eight. EDA was working directly for Temple University, and I was with Hunter Roberts as the CM, and you were one of the many prime contractors for the Tyler School of Art Project. So it's been a little while. It has been a while. You know, time goes really fast. Luckily, neither one of us is
1: getting older looking. We (laughs) both look better than we did back then. We're so much more mature. Life does such good things.
0: Oh, I Uh, wish that first part was true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, unfortunately, that's not the way it is. But no, that was a good experience. I enjoyed it. I thought we'd build a good relationship there. And, you know, one of the things I love about this industry is building some good friendships that even if it takes, you know, 10 to 15 years to maybe hook up again, that, you know, you feel like you you
0: just spoke yesterday. That's
1: why it doesn't feel that long ago. But, you know, it it's, uh, it's how time goes sometimes.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree and and on that project specifically, you guys did the PVC white roof and you had the metalwork on that project and uh that was uh my first project starting with Hunter Roberts. So that was that was actually a, a lot of fun. And you were one of the contractors. You know, when I met you at I just wanted to to say this. I always knew you were you were built different. You had that entrepreneur spirit which I always had and I had an immediate connection to you. And I just wanted to say I'm really appreciative that you're on the show today. Again, that's kind of you. And I think the feelings
1: are mutual in the sense that I think it's important to connect with people. And I always felt like when you can connect with the right people, you can help things be successful. So both in construction and life. So I appreciate you feeling that. I felt the same way. And again, I like that this has come full circle and you've done something like this that can help promote. Like, I love this because I think this industry doesn't get enough promotion about the good people that are in it and what they're doing. And the fact that you can highlight that for us, I think is, is exciting because I don't think we get the the proper amount of press that we deserve. And I say that not for me, I'm thinking about for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Industry. I totally agree. I totally agree. So I want to go back to Ed as a as a kid. You know, before obviously college, which we'll get into. Were you a creative kid, and where did you see you taking your your career? I've
1: told the story many times, and I and I'll continue to to tell it because it was the, the impact, the thing that really drove me was my parents refused. To give me the really nice things. They would give me the basics. They would give me the tough skins or they would give me the, not the Converse's, the Bobo sneakers. So it pushed me to get a paper route at the age of 13. You know, So I would deliver, at first I was delivering the uh, bulletin, which was in the afternoon when I was about 12 or 13. And then I would do the inquiry at about 5 a.m. And it really spiked my entrepreneurial spirit. I felt totally like this is... I love working, earning my own money, not depending on different people. And I I think it really just erupted something in me. And And again, I like to thank the fact that my parents didn't give me everything that I wanted. They gave me just enough and then said, if you want it, go get it. And that felt really right. And it was really... I really do believe it had a a massive impact in my life.
0: I bet it did. And then as you've gotten older, did they push you to go to college or was that something that you wanted to do? They
1: did. I think, you know,
0: college was something. I grew up in a row home in
1: Philadelphia, right outside of, um, you know, Parkwood area. It's called Chalfant. And I think they just thought that, look, my parents were young. They were 17 and 18 when they had me. And they said, we got to give you, we got to, We want you to go on a different path than us. Not that they weren't. They eventually got college educated, but at the time, they were just trying to make it work. And I think that type of beginning, you know, I I tell entrepreneurs a lot, I don't know what your beginning is, but that was my beginning. And that beginning really kind of guides you. So college for me was something that my parents said, we got to give you something better. We want you to take a different path they were very adamant about following a different path to create my success. So yeah, college was always going to be in, and, you know, as a matter of fact, my high school, they sent me, I, I grew up in the Northeast, but then we moved, but they, they sent me to LaSalle college high school and prep school, which was okay. like shock beyond belief to mm-hmm. my system. because <laughs> It was like, this was all boys. Mm-hmm. You know, this was an academic place where you had to really do a lot of schoolwork. So they really try to, jolt my system early in my life and it just continued through you know I think it helped me through college.
0: And college was St. Joseph say- University, right? And you you took a BS in marketing. Correct. Correct.
1: You know, and that was really I was busy I wanted to be in business. I felt I could be in business and I felt like that was my the path forward for me. I, I don't want to say that everybody has to go to college. I needed it to mature to kind of understand who I was to kind of to learn about me, so you know whether I had a marketing degree or a history degree or a finance degree, I don't think it really matters. It just gave me four years of growth and maturity
0: yeah, I, I totally agree, and I say this many times about college is, it's really learn about you and, and developing the connections and relationships, which I still have plenty from college. I think that you
1: went to temple? Like, temple, right so. You know, again, I was a commuter. I couldn't stay on campus. It was a different time. But I think it just gets... So I don't care if you go to community. I don't care where you go. Sometimes if you go, it's just about maturing. Other people, I think, can mature faster and can go right into you know whatever their career that they're looking for. But for me, it really gave me some time. And it sounds like for you, it gave the
0: same time. It, It certainly did. So when you graduated... What got you into the roofing business? So during the
1: summers, I had a friend in high school whose uncles owned a construction business called Belcher Belcher Roofing. I would work there in the summers just as a driver. And and then during college, because remember I was a commuter at college, they would let me work like after school when I didn't have soccer. I was a soccer player on the off season. And, at one point it was either I was going to go have a career at M&M Mars and work in marketing and food. And they said, well, why don't you come into our business? You know, and mm-hmm. I, I tell this story too, because the thing that I think they noticed from me was I worked really hard and they saw that I was dedicated to keep working. And, you know, I, I tell a lot of young people, look, Show up on time, say yes, and work hard, and you got eighty percent of the battle figured. And I, they noticed me not because I was something special, was just because I was working hard. So that's how I got into the, the roof. I didn't, I didn't know anybody in roofing. I didn't know roofing business. I never roofed my, a day in my life, so I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. But I was, I was business oriented, and, and they wanted to give me an opportunity, and I, they, I was happy to take it. And you had the willingness
0: to learn whatever they threw at you. Learn anything. I was happy to learn, and, and I wanted to be successful. So you were an estimator for a while, and then you moved up quickly to chief estimator there.
1: Correct, correct, correct. And, and again, to their credit, you know, they saw that I was hungry. I was always looking for more challenges. I was constantly challenging myself, and I think it was a good relationship, you know, for both of us. And yes, then I moved up in the ranks there for those
0: for those years. So in 1999, you started EDA Contractors Incorporated. You were right. with Dulcher for about 11 years. When, when at that point in those 11 years did you know you wanted to do your own thing?
1: I really felt like I always wanted to do my own thing. But I also knew I needed experience to learn how to do things. But I would say the last three years there, I, look, I treated them like it was my own business. I worked at Belcher as considering myself like an entrepreneur within their business. I treated it like it was my business. So I honestly believe I was practicing the whole time. And it wasn't until maybe the the last three years where I was like, look, I got this urge. I'm going to have to scratch it. I'm going to eventually going to have to do this. But you know, I want to be clear that that's the American way. I gave them everything I could. I was trying to be, the best for them until I was on my own. So it, I would say the last three years, but I would say from the beginning, it was very much in my my being.
0: Yeah, got it. That makes a lot of sense to me for sure. So EDA in 1999, you started it. And, and for people that don't know what EDA contractors does, they're now a complete exterior envelope contract and have been for some time. That includes air vapor barriers, green roof systems, masonry, roofing and sheet metal, siding and metal wall panels, now slate and copper roofing, which we'll talk about, and waterproofing. So it's it's a nice slate of things, if you will. Talk to me a little bit about the 10-year warranty and how that – it's obviously beneficial, but in your words, how that came about. You know,
1: the industry I'm in is – things have to be watertight. And there's a lot of moving parts. You know, the thing about construction and anybody who's listening knows, there's just so many moving parts in construction that are a lot of times individual companies trying to work in the same sandbox to try to build something. And, you know, this is a contact sport. I always say, you know, sometimes you're just trying to make your way to be successful and do the best you can. And there's a lot going on. You have an owner, you have an architect. So, our experience was we'd be doing these projects, and we either did the air and vapor barrier only, and someone else put the panels on, or we did the you know the panels, and someone you know someone else did the air and vapor barrier, or roofing, or you know masonry. At one point, we were getting in too many battles where there was a lot of conflict on why something wasn't working, and we wanted to provide the owner with something that was complete. And the only way we could do it is if we could get all the self-performed trades under our umbrella. And with that, we said, we will give you a 10-year workmanship warranty. There's no workmanship warranty in this industry, none. So there is no warranty and no one can provide it because the reality of it is in the exterior of a building, you're, you're you're putting screws through things. There's you're, you're, you're a lot of pen and the coordination of that is so complicated and so difficult that we felt like if we could control some of that exposure, we would have a better chance of being successful and then deliver a better product to the owner. And it really is something that is unique that really gives the owner. Some peace of mind. If you can provide, if we, and now you'll get your manufacturer warranties, but you're going to get a 10 year workmanship warranty from us. So if there's a leak, we're going to come up there. We're going to put swing scaffolding on the building. We're going to do whatever it takes to make it, you know, watertight. It really did morph out of, which like everything in life sometimes is a problem. How do we solve this, this problem that is going on? And the warranty was just another way for us to say, we're willing to stand behind this. If you're willing to partner with us,
0: I love it. I don't. I don't know another contractor that does it and that offers it. It's it's very unique from what I know. Do you know another company that does that or anywhere around here?
1: I don't. And we've been, you know, we you know, we'll talk about that later. But we're in a lot of different territories. No one really does it. It's, it's and it's because, to be fair, the lawyers tell us no. Insurance companies tell us no. Yep, but our motto is here is look liability is part of this business so you're going to have to manage it and the best way to manage it is to take on some more and have more quality control and more attention to detail so when we offer a 10 year warranty not that we you know we're just that much more focused on making sure things work the right yeah. way because when we turn it over we don't want to come back and no one else is offering it because it's a big risk but in this industry You know, there's risk no matter what. So we just felt like it was in our best interest to manage that risk by taking it on.
0: And into the details, into the details like no other. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. A building isn't leaking at the 99%. It's leaking at the 1%. It's at
1: the details. And when there's a lot of hands in there, you know, if you're baking a pie and you bake The crust, I put in some of the ingredients. Someone else puts in the whipped cream. Someone else puts the tin on. Someone else puts it in the oven. Someone else takes it out of the oven. So that's what construction is. Well, put that many hands in a pot, there's a lot of different, you know, problems that can arise. We try to eliminate that. And that's where the 10 year warranty, and yes, we have not seen one contractor do what we do.
0: Now, how do you manage the piece that you don't do? Windows, You know, glazing systems, curtain wall, storefronts. Correct. You know,
1: look, because we have so many of those other trades, what we're able to do is we're able to really coordinate with those contractors. So that is a specialty that we have not gotten into yet. Not saying it won't be in in the future, but we'd like to get with them early. And we kind of know our work with them. And as long as we're working with some really good CMs, which we do, they're able to bring a good, you know, curtain wall glazing storefront person to the table. And then usually it's just about builders building the right way. And you're bringing builders to the table. And to be honest with you, they know what they're doing. And as long as you're not, you know, lawyers aren't involved, and you're trying to get involved just to build it. Usually, you know, you don't have a problem. But Yes, we, we have to make an act, active effort to engage those um, individuals.
0: And us GCCMs will oftentimes hire a consultant, an envelope consultant, too, just to help with those details. We we you know, like I said, we're, you know, the
1: CMs want to, you want to bring a consultant. We welcome it. It's another level of security that we're happy to have. So we never have a problem with that. We just like it at you know early in the process.
0: I want to note some of the honors and awards that. That you guys and you personally have been involved with 2017 turning points person of the year 2018 top leadership award midsize company Philly.com top workplaces 2019 top company direction award midsize company Philadelphia Inquirer top workplaces 2020 top leadership award midsize company Philadelphia Inquirer top workplaces this I want to get into emotional intelligence which a lot of people you know it as eq. And my experience with you and your your people from top to bottom. I mean senior leadership to foremans and journeymen. They could tell that you know that you've brought them a long way and and everybody is just besides knowing their job, you know, knowing the details, knowing knowing what they do very well, they're just good people. Good people to deal with and I ne- I've never not met somebody that worked for you and with you, that it was a pleasure, an absolute pleasure.
1: That's kind of you. I mean, and I appreciate that. And look, that doesn't happen. We put a tremendous amount of time and effort and money into training people in both, you know, emotional intelligence and understanding how they, how their body operates and what creates conflict. This is a conflict business. There's a lot going on. We just spoke about that. So, you know, Nick, that the emotional intelligence is about really managing how I feel when things are going on and understanding yourself. And we, we spend a tremendous amount of leadership training with people to allow them to explore what triggers them. What hijacks them? How do they react? What's the best way for them to to handle either uh, conflict or problems and things that are difficult to do? And if you don't work on the emotional intelligence, and these are field workers, These are men, and I got to tell you that some of our construction workers are the best at doing this emotional intelligence work. They're tattoos, they got long hair, they're they're rough and gruff, but they know that this emotional stuff is really impacting their ability to be the best, whatever they are, whether it's a mason, a roofer, a carpenter, whether it's a project manager, whether it's a VP, it doesn't matter. We feel strongly that the emotional intelligence training has had a massive impact on what you said to me, which I, you know, I take as a high compliment that I think your people just give off an energy that is a lot better and a lot less confrontational. And that, that you couldn't, that is what it is. We can't work together if we don't get along. And uh, this training that we've, we embarked on, you know, 10 years ago has been a, you know, it's really been it's been helpful and it's been it's been eye opening for me and it's helped me become a better person, a better leader. And it's I know it's, it's helped. And the fact that you've noticed is is really a confidence. some of those awards are are beautiful and they're really nice. But the, the best award I can ever get is someone saying, hey, I really see the difference in, in your people. And I, and that's you know, humbling.
0: Yeah. And, and the lack of turnover, Ed, I mean, you know, I've, I've met dozens of people that worked for you and, and, and way back since 2007 and they're still there. They're still there, you know, and, and, and that says a tremendous amount of, you know, how you as the leader runs runs your company. Well, I appreciate you
1: saying that. And again, I think for any entrepreneur out there or anyone who's listening, look, your people are, are the key. Let's be fair. I'm not only going to be so good if I don't have good people. And if I don't treat them and I don't train them and I don't give them the ability to be the best then, then I'm really not doing my job. So our jobs as leaders is to do that, is to help people become the best person they want to be. And uh, yes, our turnover is very low because when you put an interest in people, they generally, they know that you care about them, not just from a dollar and cents standpoint, you care for them as a human being.
0: And let me just talk about two of those gentlemen that turned over. They were on, I had an early podcast with two ex-employees of uh, EDA. Wait a minute, a a podcast with them before (laughs) me? Uh, You know, that's that's (laughs) (laughs) great, great gentlemen. And this was a project that I met them on that EDA did for, for us, MPC builders. You guys replaced the written house. You know, there's two different roofing systems on the high, on the high tower and, and the lower second floor. And I got to meet these two gentlemen, you know, your outside foreman estimator and many, you know, foreman and various, various guys. And I think I wrote you an email, and I just said I've never in my 25 years in the you know plus business have seen a team of roofers that they're working in the middle of July, August, 200 feet up in the air. It's hot. It was a rip out and, and replace job, hard, hard project. Not a massive project, but it was, but it was still sizable for us anyway, and and uh, and a good bit of you know liability risk there too, and how it was managed. You know, for, I, I just have so many compliments to say about the people and my personal experience because that was I think the last time that I worked with you guys and it was one of the project at Temple, you guys also did the Pearson McGonagall Hall project. That was actually the last time, I think. And anyway, just super, super high compliments. You know what? It
1: makes me happy that
0: you had a good experience with those two
1: individuals and those two individuals, you know, decided to do what I did is and go take the American way and try to be their own entrepreneurs. And the fact that you had a good experience with them made you feel good about what EDA was doing and it also made you feel good about what they were doing and then you hopefully working with them and and speaking with them. And that's the beauty of if you can create something, there's room for people to evolve and move on. And I'm, I'm, you know, it makes me happy to hear that, you know, and I, and I'm only kidding you, I did see them on your podcast and it was great. And, you know, Kevin and Andrew, Andy are are good people and I wish them nothing but the best. And I'm happy that your relationship with them was a positive one that they could go on and uh, continue your relationship with them.
0: And you still can have a relationship with us at EDA and that's, that's the American life for sure and and this goes back to a little bit what we talked about earlier i mean they said your reaction to when when they left and they were left to try to take a chance on themselves and to better themselves they said the way you reacted with such class and grace just has a lot to to say about you again you know you're you're an entrepreneur you did the same thing and and i have a question for you relative to that why do you think people in this business take it personally when their employees leave On trying to leave on good terms to to better themselves, why do you think business owners and or, you know, general managers, whatever the supervision is, take things personally?
1: You know, the one thing I will say about the construction industry is we're a lot of hard scrabble, build it by themselves, just like yourself. Like we we do this thing and we put everything on the line and we feel like we're doing this thing. and, And you almost feel sometimes like these people are part of your family. Because when you're fighting through a lot of the things we're doing and we're taking it from nowhere to go somewhere, you get caught up in the fact that, you know, you're building this thing together. And I think sometimes we get a little bit too emotionally attached to the fact that the reality of it is that you're building it. They're helping you build it. They deserve a lot of credit for helping you. But at the same time, they don't owe you anything more than what they give you on the days they give it to you. And you give them experience and they give you the work for entrepreneurs to sustain their business and make money and try to to continue it on. And we have to, like our children, we have to get to a point. I say that from a father's standpoint, that at one point, though, we have to accept the fact that there's a good chance that they may say, you know what, thank you for this opportunity. I'm going to try to do this on your own. And I've matured. So I don't want to say that I've always been like that. <laughs> I mm-hmm. Say, you know what? This is great. I hope that this is an opportunity that they can get moving forward. And we as entrepreneurs have to know that we've all done it ourselves. We all left somewhere to become something. so who are we to get too emotional about someone leaving? Just wish them luck. We're going to compete maybe. And if we are, yeah. hey. It's just the way life is. you got to learn how to compete. And, and I'm happier that way. And I, I want people to, to know that you want to be happier. Now, yeah. and that's really what we're talking about. And as long as they leave the right way, as long, and I felt like I left my place the right way. I'm sure you left your place the right As long as you leave the right way and you don't you know, screw the people on the way out, I think you're in a good spot. But I do think where it's rooted from is there's a sense of family Almost, and I I believe that it gets to a point where you almost feel like they're part of you, and then when they decide to leave, it hurts. It's just like it's it's like a punch in the gut, and you you almost have to have some empathy. You have to go back and go, remember, you did the same thing. Understand they're they're trying to do something that's good for their life, and you know you should anything just be classy and supportive You don't have to you don't have to cheer. You can be upset, but you don't get don't get. Too-
0: yeah, well said. Well said. And a few questions from your previous employees. They want to know, what is your biggest motivation and why? My
1: motivations have changed over time. You know, I, I, I would be the first to make my first motivation was to make money. That was my first motivation was to make money. Then it was my my next motivation was to really, I wanted nice things. My next motivation was to family. My next motivation was I wanted to build something myself. I believe at this point, my evolution has come to the point where I really, really, really enjoy growing things and giving opportunities to watch people grow themselves. And I really, really enjoy eda and growing it and giving different opportunities and having the ability to allow them to move into something that can challenge them and really give them enough room to challenge them so they don't in some ways i don't want them to go out on their own if they don't have to because not everybody's built for it because just as you know everybody talks about it but it's one thing to talk about jumping into the pool and it's a whole nother thing jumping into the pool once you're nobody's coming to to swim with you. You're swimming on your own. So so for those people, I'm never going to be able to give them enough. But for the other people out there that just want to be able to have their own ability to grow, I love giving that type of opportunity. And anything I can do with people, I'll continue to want to grow. So what motivates me is new people, new experiences. New opportunities. Of course, I'm a for-profit business, so I need to to earn profits. But not that is no longer the only motivation I have. I have a type of motivation now, and I'm I'm excited because it's endless. I don't feel like I can I can ever stop itching that you know scratching that itch. I should say.
0: Got it. Good stuff. And do you ever stop and think about the significant impacts that you have? on the construction industry and its people?
1: I don't. I hope that the things that we're trying to do here at EDA, you know, one of the things in our mission is to make a difference in the lives of anybody that, that we touch. And that doesn't have anything to do with the construction. It's about, and I hope that whatever we're doing here can continually make a difference because construction, unfortunately, has a, doesn't have a good reputation for being evolving. But we are incredible builders. We're building stuff that nobody's built before. We're we're, we're unbelievable when it comes to that skill set. What I hope to give to this industry is we can do that and do it differently. We don't have, you know, we can provide an experience where someone says, I love working for MPC. I love working for EDA. I just enjoyed the time. I felt really good about it. So I don't think about it because I don't want to stop doing it because this job will never be done, that part of this job. And uh I hope someday, you know, some of the things, nice things you've said about even some of the ex employees. I mean, that's the best thing. That's the yeah. best company anyone can ever give me is you know, you helped me become a better me. That's a high, high compliment that I don't know if I could,
0: you know, ever ask for anything more than that. Yeah, that's essentially what they're saying, man. Great share. Great Very nice. Share. Very nice. So just give people perspective. How how many employees do you have if you want to share, you know, your expected revenue, whatever you like to share on the size of your company?
1: So we have about uh, 300 employees, Our area of work is we're you know we don't go too far down but we you know we'll go to Maryland a little bit we'll do Delaware you know Philadelphia all New Jersey New York the five boroughs you know we do a considerable amount of work up in the uh, the New York area from an overall volume we probably do about a hundred million in uh, subcontracting work so we've grown I mean we've grown we have we have an office. Here in Ben Salem, uh, our main office, we have an office in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and we have an office in Ewing, uh, New Jersey, which is a company, 100-year-old company that we purchased a couple of years ago uh, that does some historical slate and historical high-end copper metal work, do a lot of work at Princeton University and things
0: of that sort. Which led me to my next question. You acquired Ender partners, I believe. Um, You know, you can tell me how it went down. That Bregenzer Brothers, and they they specialize in exactly what you were just saying, right? The the copper and slate.
1: Yeah, so I purchased that company um, probably 2018, maybe. It's a hundred-year-old company built by the Bregenzer family. Uh, Mike Bregenzer was the last one, who was an amazing entrepreneur and built it like old school old-fashioned and created this unbelievable culture of hard work with amazing skill like i mean just incredible amount of skill i mean some of the skill sets that this company can do is just unmatched in the industry it's a highly customized copper sheet metal company that you know does historical work a lot of historical work you know we're currently doing the trenton state Capitol. we're doing a considerable amount of work at Penn, or don't work at Princeton. It was just that Mike Bregenzer, it was the second generation, third generation, and it was um, at a point where his kids weren't getting in and he wanted to continue the name. And I was happy to keep the name as just part of an EDA company and, and move it forward. To natural. And it goes to what you said earlier, Nick is sometimes when you treat people right, opportunities come your way that it just that's how it happened it just was like you should talk to this guy this guy's interested in this i spoke to him he was a down-to-earth hard worker and he said, want my people to be taken care of will you take care of my people that helped me build this and it was just an easy relationship and it was an easy uh transaction and it's exciting and it's another great part of our envelope that we can provide to our owners you know and, and cms and and people in the business that we can do a lot more than just one thing.
0: So go, you're going on 24 years since EDA has started. So where else can you take this thing, man? And anything, anything new that you're you think you might be doing with it, or?
1: Well, you know, look, we have recently a couple of years ago we put masonry into our our fold. We're growing that. You know, we're getting some really good people again. We get some good people. If you if you if you concentrate on your people, you know, I think if you build it, they will come. I think that's happening. You know, we haven't really taken that beyond this region, the Philadelphia region. We'll take it up the coast. You know, we're going to go up into the New, North Jersey, New York, central Jersey area. We haven't done it yet. You know, we're very conservative. Look, it doesn't sound like we're conservative, but we want to make sure that when we go somewhere that we want to be successful there and we want to make sure, you know, we, we take our time. So, you know, people ask me all the time, like, where do you, where's your next, I said, you know, our next real growth is just building and just continuing to fine tune what we deliver today, make it the best we can. We just hired an operational excellence team. So we have a whole team. We have two people who do nothing but concentrating on how we can become operationally more excellent to give our workers a better opportunity to be efficient so they can feel like their day's work isn't wasting steps. You know, we're, we're going to that level to understand it, so we're a little hedgehog in in areas where we want to get better, but we also want to want to grow and send our message. We think EDA's culture is is something that we could take to different parts of this country up the coast and and see if people would be embracing. I just think construction workers don't get enough credit for being the type of people that really want to be cared for. And sometimes, you know, it's a little rougher. They're a little rougher. It's men, you know, us men, we're all well and hard, hard headed. But once you get them to, to the point where you say, look, you don't have to worry, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm 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 gonna provide you a good wage and I'm gonna treat you right. So, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do to continue to improve and, and grow. I think the most important thing for us is whatever we do, we do it with our reputation in mind. You know, this is for for us. It's the long game. We don't care if we have to rip now to do it right. We want our reputation to track us over as we continue to grow, and we'll grow as my people say. We need more challenges, and we want to. and And that's how we're going to. Not because I say it, because when they say oh, we need more opportunity, then we're going to continue to grow. But that's where you know, It's not giving you a concrete answer, but it's really. I've taken the same path forward is we'll evolve as the people want to evolve, not me. And I think we can. And I think some of the things we're doing, like I said, with operational excellence, we have, as you know, know, we're one of the few companies in our sector that has the amount of communication and marketing and social media presence that we do. We we spend a tremendous amount of time trying to get our message out there to as many people as we can and uh, what makes us unique.
0: I mean, and going in new territories, like you said, that's challenge enough, you know, to learn, to learn, you know, new, new territories and, and, uh, you know, new clients. And yeah, that's, that's, that's that's good stuff.
1: That's a challenge for
0: sure. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders, with well over 40 years of combined construction related experience in both the residential and commercial markets MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. So what do you do... Outside of work, what are you passionate about? Hobbies? You know, people ask me this too. Look, I love the beach.
1: You know, I'm, I'm a person. I mean, I play golf, but I don't play as much as I'd like. I love. You know, I'm a, um, on the board of directors of Make a Wish in uh, Philadelphia. I really do enjoy. And I don't want to sound like some some guy who says, "Oh, I'm involved in charities," but I really do like some of that that work outside of work is. You know, I spend a lot of time here. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my three kids. So I spend time with them. You know, I golf. I like to work out. I like to, you know, go to the beach. I love the beach. So I do. I do like that. I like to travel. You know, people say, Ed, you don't do anything but work. Well, number one, I I love work. I love to come to work because I get to do some of my charity stuff here. I get to meet really nice people. I get to have these great relationships with people like yourself. Like I get to do a lot of the things that, you know, I want to do. I read a lot now. I've never really read much now. I'm reading, reading a whole hell of a lot. You know, so I have a lot to do. I don't ever feel like I'm, I'm missing out on anything, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have a, something that, you know, that is beyond some of the things that, that are connected to here in my family. They're two big things, you know? My home family is the most important thing to me. And then this family is the second most important thing to me. And that takes a lot of time. So there's a lot of other things. And I don't I don't mind it. You know, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm happy.
0: Yeah, you sure are. (laughs) You're doing okay, man.
1: (laughs) That's nice to say.
0: So if a young professional wanna get into construction you know, they're not sure how to do that. What would your advice be to to someone who wants to see if construction's for them?
1: I think this is a great industry. I think there's, this is a trillion dollar industry. There's tons of opportunity. If someone wants to get involved, you know, I, for example, my oldest son, you know, graduated from Temple. He went to Syracuse first, then he came down and finished his uh, college degree at Temple. And he's a great, he was a great student. And I, for him to get involved, whether he said, I want to go into the business, I said, OK, so you can go for your master's. And I said, OK, well, here's your master's. I'm going to put you in the carpenter's union. You're going to work in the field for four years. Because that's where you're going to learn and whether you like it or you don't. So if someone an entrepreneur says, look, I really want to get into construction. OK, first figure out what do you want to do? You want to be an entrepreneur? You want to own your own business? Why don't you learn the trade that you want to get into? You said, well, Ed, you didn't do that. Okay, my path is a little bit different. If you want to do my path, well, then I would say find a good company, work there, learn what you know and what you don't know, and then go do it on your own. If you really want to get to know it, if you really want to get to know it, start using your hands and get down in the dirt and figure out what it's like because you're going to earn a lot of respect and you're going to know the work and then you're going to be the best entrepreneur because the best entrepreneur knows the work from the start to finish. And then you can take, you can learn all the other stuff. So I would say work for someone, find good places to work. There's a lot of good people in the construction industry, entrepreneurs like yourself and many people who would love for you to come and learn from them. And then see if it's really something, because this is, a different business than a lot of other businesses. This is a rough and tumble business. It's a lot of smart people, but it's also you better have the the wherewithal, and you better have the wherewithal. Number one, to work. Number two is you better have the wherewithal to understand that this there is conflict in this business, and you have to deal with that and manage it. And as long as you're comfortable with that, I don't care if you're a male, a female. I don't care what you are, what age. You can but i do think you i think you should go you should either take some construction management courses i think that would be helpful to understand it i think you should do some side work with people learn from some people and learn what traits like and see if it's something that you enjoy i don't think you can be good at anything if you truly don't like it so money second love what you do money comes second if you don't you won't Be successful at it. You'll be okay at best. And I don't know about you, and just like you're done with this podcast, you want to embrace the whole experience. Do that. And you know what? Reach out to people who are in the business like yourself or myself or any of the other people that have been on this podcast and talk to them. Spend 15 minutes with them and just listen. Yes. Because we want more people to want to... You don't have to be in... You don't have to. There's nothing wrong with that. But we want people to want to be in this business. They want to be in this business. And I think there's such a great, I mean, again, I got nothing but great things to say about what this business has done. This this industry has done for my life. And, I, you know, I wouldn't, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change anything. I would stay in this business. Say, so, well, wouldn't you want to be a lawyer or a doctor? No, I'm good. I met a lot of good people. I meet good people. I think there are a lot of down to earth people. I think it's it's a good it's a good industry. But my recommendation is always to speak to some people like like yourself or myself and just get a flavor for it, and then really put your hands to it and see if you like it. See if it's something that you really would could enjoy.
0: Couldn't agree more. Great share. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, EDA, you want to share social media uh, contact information.
1: You know we're on every every platform, but you know you go to our website, you know www.edacontractor.com com. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, you know we're Instagram. You know we're pretty easy to find, to be honest with you. We do a, a tremendous amount of work to get our name out there. So if you just type in our name, I think you'll you'll get an idea. And we're always looking for good people. So you know to be honest, if you like working, if you want to go to a place where there's you know there's a, a community feeling here where we have programs eda cares we do a lot of charity we do a program for addiction we do a lot of different things in this industry that we are proud of so yeah visit our website visit some of our social media see our documentaries see some of the people which we i love our documentary program because it gets you to introduce yourself to some of our people so yeah please do that Um, And, you know, again, I love the fact that you gave me this opportunity to present the story about uh, EDA. I think I love this podcast because there is no real podcast that that really gets to the people of construction. And I have to applaud you for, for taking the initiative to exposing people because I really think this industry could use more people to think of it as an option for them and and having a voice like this and you getting out there and speaking to more people, I think people can get to hear. that we're not some curmudgeon people, old people. There's great women in this industry. There's great diversity to certain people. You know, there's a lot of good people in this industry doing a lot of good things and it's a great career. So thank you for getting that platform because that's the platform that we need and I applaud you for taking the initiative to do that because that's what this industry needs, and I'm happy to support any you know type of situation like this that can help our industry, and, and you're doing it. so good, good for you, Nick. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you again, and, and I appreciate you. This is one. I know we talked a while back, and uh, you know, our, our schedules get get a little crazy, but you are always uh, right there, and I'm glad we can make it work. and thank you again, man.
1: No, nah, no problem. And like I said, anytime you want me to come back, and if anyone listens and they want to have a chat, you know, just you know, hit me up again. I didn't get to where I got to by myself. Somebody and every a lot of people helped me get here and advice, and that's why your platform here really does give people some. So I hope people listen if they you know, and I hope they keep listening to you and keep tuning in and listen to some of the diverse people that you've had on the program and. Uh, you know, if you'll have me back someday, we'll have, we'll have like an alumni and I can come back and uh, see how we're going.
0: Oh, certainly have you back. And now uh, we need to get out on the golf course, I think. What do you think? That's true. That is true. Do that. You know, we will absolutely do that. I would, I would love to make time. You can see me lose some balls in the, uh, in the woods. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.